Welcome one, welcome all, and welcome back to the 26th episode of the Transform Your Game podcast. And as some of you might know by this point, my name is Richard. I have sneakily commandeered a position as the host and moderator of this cast here today, and I'm also joined by my two lovely co-hosts, who are more than just meets the eye. Kent. I'm about to do to you what Limp Biscuit did to music in the late 90s. And Kai. <laughs> no, this is Patrick. <laughs> and on top of the uh, traditional wonky intro we normally have, we do sincerely sincerely wish all of you out there a big hey there uh, from all the members of our team, both past and present. Today is somewhat of an anomaly for us, as we really don't have that much in the way of housekeeping. Uh, there are really only so many things to talk about at this point or in this very time, uh, and we're awaiting things like the upcoming Alpha Trion Protocol's uh, first release. Uh, they got retrofacing stratagems, uh, which, by the way, uh, we're really closing in on and might actually be starting to trickle out by the time this podcast releases, so stay tuned in that case. Um, one of the really cool things that has been going on lately is in the multiplayer realm in the form of Primus. Now, if you haven't gotten a chance to check out and or try out that format with your family, playgroup, or friends over webcam, you really ought to. Uh, on our YouTube channel, actually, we've got some gameplay illustrating just how much fun we have gathering each week to jam some games, and there's much more in store in regard to that. Uh, there is one more thing going on right now, and it's actually especially important because it constitutes a major reason we picked the topic we have for discussion this episode. The September tournament in VectorSigma.info's Alpha Tryon tournament series is being run in the Junkion format. Now, we've mentioned Junkion kind of offhandedly before on previous episodes of the cast with spoilers and stuff, um, but Kai is actually here to give you a quick breakdown of what playing Junkion actually means in case you aren't familiar. Take it away, Kai. Alright, so in Junkion, it's pretty much uh, the same thing as constructed. You have 25 stars for your teams, you have 40 card minimum for your deck. Uh, normal sideboard rules. The only difference really is that you're only allowed to use uh, characters, battle cards, and stratagems that have the common rarity with the C, basically. And as well as specifically for the uh, Vector Sigma Junkion tournament, there is also a ban list of uh, Wayforce Sergeant Springer, uh, Raider Tailwind, and Raider, or er, Pirate powertrain and yeah that's pretty much the main gist of it it's it's pretty fun actually i have only just gotten recently to build deck and yeah it was a lot of fun yeah um wave four wave four is is just has so much power in it you know i mean springer springer tailwind were major players in like full constructed so you can only imagine that in a reduced character pool they're just kind of dominating and i think powertrain kind of got looped up in the the overpoweredness of Tailwind as it is widely accepted. Uh, I think Powertrain died for the sins of Tailwind is what I'm trying to say. And well, yeah, I, th I think if Tailwind didn't die, everyone was going to play that, but since Tailwind died, everyone was going to play Powertrain, so he kind of had to take the fall too. <laughs> <laughs> it was very much like a Domino's. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, uh, but one is less offensive than the other, and one's an Autobot, so, you know. Um, all right, so guys, seriously though, what do you think of this choice of format for the tournament? Are you looking forward to it? And how do you think it compares to the current Wave 5 constructed metagame, you know, the base format? I'm definitely looking forward to this format. It seems quite a bit of fun and different and will make people think possibly differently about the game. And most importantly, 
I think it's more balanced than Wave 5, and mostly because <laughs> there's no Titan Masters. Um, so mm-hmm. that is a breath of fresh air to I me. I know. Oh, man. Can you imagine what it would be like to sit across the table from not Grax? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really great because with the reduction of Titan Masters and uh, the card pool being reduced, we actually have in this format a sort of a, uh, how do I say, like um, the raw up. core of what the Transformers gameplay is. Yeah. And like just playing that again and experiencing again is like why reminded me why I like this game so much. So I'm really excited to play this format for sure. Dude, me too. I've actually been a proponent of this format for a little while. Um, I've played, we played, we had a couple popper nights. I guess we, you know, popper uh, the equivalent in Magic. Um, but Junkion, we've had a couple of nights where I had some like new players come in uh, and test Junkion on the, uh, on the, basically on the selling point that like these are all commons and this is super, super cheap to pick up. I have decks, you can borrow them. Um, and some of them were Converse from other card games that I've dabbled in before. Uh, but they all loved it, for one. And one of my friends who uh, have played off and on, but isn't like part of the regular playgroup, he uh, came in for the first time in any of our games, he beat me in Junkion. And just to just to irk Dan, who I know is listening out there somewhere, um, he beat me by top decking Piercing Blaster for lethal. So <laughs> What a card. I know, I know, I know. Um, but uh, I'm super, super excited for this format. It, the idea of not saying Titan Masters makes me so happy. Um, I actually think that like Wave Five, outside of Titan Masters, gave like Junkie on as a format some really awesome cards. And I haven't gotten to play with really many of the five, Wave Five cards, only a couple of them in some test games. Uh, but I played extensively before then, um, so I think that's probably enough jibber jabber. You guys want to just pop straight into the actual discussion? Let's do it. Oh yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right, now there haven't been uh, many like publicly hosted or publicly run events for the Junkie on format. So one of the things that we get to talk through here today is some of the breakdowns and key things to keep in mind when building for it yourself out there, or uh, you know, since not everyone is familiar or aware of what to look out for. Um, I think we'll address characters first, and I know that leading up to the Alpha Tryon tournament that you guys, Kent and Kai, uh, have done a little research yourselves into the characters available for your Junkie on lineups. So what are some of the quote unquote all-stars people should think about using or be aware of from the other side of the table well one of the one of the main uh, all-stars that you should be looking at is an all-star and constructed and that's crankcase uh that guy is strong and the fact that he's a common means that he's going to be a powerhouse in this uh format i wouldn't actually be surprised if he's like the centerpiece of like every single blue deck that, that everyone plays because honestly He's just really good. He's really easy to turn on because of things like mission briefing uh, and scouting mission, and as well as he draws cards himself. But yeah, just being able to be eight attack for fairly easy uh, requirements is a pretty strong contender, in all honesty, for um, a character to base your deck around in Junkion. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, so, I mean, I want to say this. Crankcase is the card that, like, when I... I think we talked about him in spoilers, and when I looked at him in, like, a common, I went, man, 8 attack on a 7-star common with reasonable health seems absolutely busted to me in that format. I think up until that point, there was one character who had who was able to get 8 attack without, like, any buffs to him. Well, we're going to cover that character, so no spoilers. But, uh... Crankcase is an absolute house. I think he might even make his way into some orange decks too, Kai, not just blue. 
Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. He's he's very strong, so I would not be surprised if he appears in orange either. Damage wins games. What can I say? Mm-hmm. Crank case. Yeah, there's lots of ways to keep your you know hand filled with him, uh, even with data pad. And I think uh, if you're going orange, and that's what I, I was thinking because you mentioned it. Um, a card that has never really seen a lot of constructed play, but I think is great if you're playing orange is Spark Stalker. I mean, that guy, like, hey, if he has bold anything, you're going to flip three cards and get to draw two. Um, And that can help your orange deck not run out of gas. Um, That's usually the problem with a lot of orange decks. And in this format, that guy might be a really good pairing for Crankcase and an orange shell. Finally, a Firecon would see play. Can you imagine? (laughs) Can you imagine that? Uh, Ken, who are you most excited to see? Or guess, I guess, like, really looking out for? Oh, I really like Dreadwing. I've always enjoyed that card, you know, that combiner, I guess I should say. And uh, at Origins, I played against a great one in uh, Top 32. Uh, Skylar Tipsword, I think, was uh, piloting it. Oh, he was uh, one of my opponents near the end of uh, day one of the EI. He was on um, Oa Shockwave. Yeah, yeah. So um, he had his own build with Slipstream and was able to move a lot of damage with bombing runs and Slipstream's ability, of course, and all that. But I really like the idea of being able to transform early and then, you know, you have mission briefing, scouting mission, pep talk, um, data pad and security console to help like keep your hand full um, after you have to make the major discord uh, to combine them. After that, you're just like (laughs) really hitting for a lot and can soak a lot and put multiple armors on the guy. Hey, let's throw some reinforced platings on him and now some soldiers blasters and I, well, I think that guy double can be... security console. Yeah, yeah. That, I... that, that's the hotness. I have done that before. It is chef's kiss. Drawing <laughs> two cards every time you defend when you're when you're less wide than your opponent is absolutely beautiful. And because I'm me, I draw a handheld blaster every single time. So it goes back on the top of my deck every <laughs> single time too. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> it's easy mode. Look, if you know, this is why I play Jetfire EI. Because if you know you're going to draw a handheld blaster, play a deck that wants it in its hand. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. Um, I think, so we're talking about stats. I mean, I mean, Dreadwing's stats are incredible. People don't talk about this, but like the untap that you get off the combine is a way to secretly like manufacture width. We've talked about in in and kind of like trying to attack the Wave 5 metagame and even the Wave metagames before it, is that manufacturing width through is something that like the Cars archetype traditionally has done. And Dreadwing gets to do it. It's a one-shot ability for in order for him to be able to do it. But it's not something to be discounted because you basically get one free attack with that character going as it is. And the next attack is going to be a big buffed attack, which is not something you should discount very easily. Um, especially because he's just so durable as a character. I mean, 24 health is a ton right um i i guess on the on on like the motif of stats one of my favorite characters that i think is a little underappreciated especially in regard to uh junkion is uh sandstorm the triple changer from wave four um he is a base eight 
in his base mode if your opponent has any melee character while you're on the play. Um, and then if you're on the draw, it's okay because you just sandbag and you swing for a million whenever they actually do swing with their melee character. Um, and because he wants to be attacking in alt mode, he's already happy to wear a head-on collision. You know what I mean? Um, so, but Sandstorm is one of those characters that I think is lo it's not very flip intensive. He is 11 stars, so he's going to be your centerpiece character, which is something you have to keep in mind. But uh, playing two seven stars is something that's pretty easily done. I think, you know, what if there's a deck that's just all the eight base guys, you're playing Crankcase, Sandstorm, I don't know, that sounds pretty dope to me. But Sandstorm is a card that I think has not gotten a ton of appreciation, and I really, really grew to love him before I started playing Junkion in Sealed for Wave 4, like Wave 3, Wave 4 of Mixed Sealed. Sandstorm took me to uh, great heights, did a lot of work for me. Yeah, funny enough, Sandstorm is the reason for why I was known as uh, the morning undefeated king of uh, of uh, Turbo for some reason. <laughs> I don't know, everyone's just constantly saying that because I was winning, I could just kept winning. And Sandstorm was the reason. So. Is, is, is that is that a faker reference for League of Legends? Maybe. Uh, not intentionally. <laughs> I, I, I know of faker, but I don't know of faker. Okay, so, so, it, so it just, a quick aside. He is like the the best mid laner to have ever played the game. Player for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was his nickname was the Undefeatable Demon King. Oh. <laughs> so just saying. <laughs> anyway, not, not not to steal your thunder, go ahead, guy. But I just thought I'd throw that aside in there. No, no, it's it's fine. Uh, yeah, Sandstorm is very solid, but there's also another powerhouse that is incredibly solid, and um, that is Ion Storm. Probably more infamous than Sandstorm, in all honesty, due to uh, EI's uh, sealed format. Uh, Sandstorm, if you got him, he was probably arguably the biggest bomb you could get. So. Uh, I don't see how he could be bad in this format, really, because seven attack, three defense, um, good good amount of health. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's it's a okay, solid it's amount. Fourteen? Is it fourteen? Fourteen sounds about right. Fourteen. Uh, you know what? We have this information at our fingertips. You keep talking, I'll pull it up and we'll pretend like we had it the whole time. <laughs> but yeah, he he's incredibly solid. He's blank on his alt side, which is fine because you just want him for the stats because he, he's a big boy. Um, but if you need him for uh, abilities, he has he has immediate upgrade removal on his uh, bot mode. So being able to just bounce an upgrade when he attacks is incredibly solid and also a very good tempo piece if you are looking for something like that. Oh yeah, especially if your opponent's only got upgrades in their hand, which is a mm. thing that can really happen, right? Like get trapped with upgrades in their hand. Uh, Ion Storm is dope. And first of all, I want to just point out, we got it right. 14 health, first try, <laughs> never didn't know it. Um, but I mean, one of the cool things about Ion Storm is when, if, if they have an armor, you just get to swing at this seven power dude who blanks their armor from their attack, which is just, it's, it's so, so, so good. It's so much tempo. <laughs> and it's kind of backbreaking, especially when it, maybe they weren't anticipating that. Maybe they, maybe, some people forget what Ion Storm does. They just think, you know, seven, 14, three, okay. That's all he's got. He's a big boy. But the utility is at is, is important and something to keep in track. Although you need to make sure that you're not leaving him in that mode for too long if once you attack with him because he does lose a defense there. And um, I don't know if you've learned anything from Sealed, but people are going to focus your Ion Storm. And at 12 stars, him him getting popped is a, a good way to lose your, your biggest offense. For sure, for sure. Cool. So another card that I think has great stats and great abilities is Bumblebee Trusted Lieutenant. Like, wow. Um, I've been a big fan of this card since Wave 2, um, especially in a car shell. 
Uh, you may not have everything that you want for a car shell um, in Junkion, but um, he's still really, really strong. Um, attacking for six and then discarding an action to help you draw two more cards. That's just phenomenal. Um, yeah, and then like, hey, flip him and on your next turn. And now I have two actions this turn. So it's like a free brainstorm. I think you're going to end up seeing this guy uh, get played. I think so, definitely. Um, just like just the consistent draw power that you get off this guy is really good. 14 HP for a 10-star is actually an incredibly efficient stat line, especially because in his base mode, he's got two defense and then six base attack in the mode he wants to be attacking in anyway. Um, I don't know how often you're going to use the play in action mode, in all honesty. I think it'll happen, but my guess is that that's more like, um, oh, I want to do a thing and play a secret action this turn. So I guess I'll do that, right? Like I'll I'll set my B up into his better defensive mode and play stable cover face down. And then I will pump one of my other guys for attack or I'll draw cards, right? Like you'll, you'll probably see those kind of setups where you just lets you kind of get out to a little bit faster start against maybe some of the more aggressive draws from your opponent. But um, generally speaking, I think you would take it if his alt mode was blank. <laughs> with the stat line that he's got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of just kind of like the... We've, we've run through several of like the, these big bads, these huge statted characters, and I think one of the things that we've talked about this is that blue has a, quite a few more tools in Junkion relative than they do in uh, like full constructed because... And I think we, we've also, also talked about this um, ad infinitum. They, uh, blue has no tools in construct, with full constructed. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so one of the things that's really important, kind of, uh, is to remember is that Pierce kind of rules in a in a world where blue is not everywhere but very prevalent. Pierce rules, and so one of the characters that I think is going to have a pretty big impact, especially for the the low just opportunity cost of including the character in your team, is Braun. Braun is a five-star character. He's not flip-intensive because you want him to be attacking in his alt mode. He's got nine health and two defense in his alt mode. So he's just a reasonably statted character. He's not flip-intensive. He carries inborn pierce. If you flip one black pip and one blue pip in his alt mode and he's attacking a six-star or higher, that's pierce three already. You're just three pierce three with no buffs, no pumps, which is kind of incredible in all honesty. Um, and then on top of that, like, he actually has a stratagem. Like, he has resilience. Resilience is a common stratagem and an incredible defensive tool, especially since there are fewer combat pumps, particularly in orange in this format, but bold is still relatively common. Um, so that's one of the things you can keep up is, like, the survivability, the survivability, pardon me, of that character is actually, like, considerably higher than, it, than uh, you might at first think if you wanted to include uh, resilience in your deck. Uh, are there any other characters that, uh, you know, just kind of like off the top of your head or maybe just looking through the list that you guys really feel inspired to talk about? I, I think it's really easy to look at cards like Flame War, um, mm. Bludgeon could be... Bludgeon. Uh, could be... <laughs> I like uh, Bludgeon. I think <laughs> we should motion, motion to rename him Bludgeon. <laughs> um... Captain Astrotrain actually is pretty intriguing to me um, because there's not a ton of uh, removal outside of reprocess. And you also have spare parts. 
Um, you know, bashing shield is there, of course, and enforcement batons. So, I, you know, I'm not totally set on that. Sergeant Chromia? <laughs> Maybe she has something here. Uh, just being able to draw all these extra cards with her, uh, you know, whenever you defend. I I really like that uh, quite a bit. You did talk about Sparkstalker earlier, too. Yeah, Sparkstalker impactor and barrage i think you've got a bold deck there so yeah and uh there's also gears which is incredibly relevant in this format because bashing shield is going to be everywhere if if not in just the orange deck is also going to be in the blue decks but um yeah being able to shut that off as well as just uh things like um what is the melee thing the sl energon slingshot things like that <laughs> you, you shut that down which sounds crazy that i mentioned that card but that card is actually one of the six or seven actual pieces of direct damage in this format so it's <laughs> not crazy to actually consider playing that card what but, is uh, crazy is that it's melee based that's what's crazy is that there's direct damage that's melee based just because melee gets no love in full constructed yep but yeah also um i think nova storm as well and uh, Nova Storm and, and or Braun actually make up a orange black team that I was actually considering. Uh, I was considering it, but I was so tired of playing orange black that I just didn't want to play it. But it's basically the Rescue Patrol and Ion or not Ion Star, no, Nova Storm, and mm -hmm. you're basically just playing like the double blacks. They're not all the double black, but the good ones with the orange blacks and the the bold stuff, and you just crit your crit and you just go to town like it's basically burgos bold in this format again i don't know if anyone has cracked it before this podcast has aired i hope no one has but uh yeah that was that is if someone cracks that that's going to be a monster if they if they got the ratios right at least i do have one more character that i'm actually looking at uh, that i think is is someone that you should keep in mind and you know it's funny enough can you mentioned chromia i think there's actually a better character to draw cards with and that is sergeant mirage special ops spy i was thinking about that guy too yeah especially with all the tools that blue has in the format um i mean he is a four base attack 13 health seven star 13 health is in a world where your opponent doesn't have sky shadow or magray quite a bit of health um, I mean, there's still some direct damage options, but just the fact that like uh, Mirage can get tough two while you have secret actions in play. If you've got a Heidi Fort down, I mean, that is tough five. That is a lot of tough. Um, now I'm sure he'll just get pierced to death anyway, because that's what happens in every game I ever play. But the fact is <laughs> that they'll have to. You have to make them have it. That's the key. <laughs> I mean, he has uh, the 13 health to, to counterbalance that pierce, so it's it's going to be a bit of a minute. So we'll at hope. Least that. We'll hope. We'll hope. I can't promise anything. <laughs> um, now, in addition to the characters, the battle card pool available to build from looks kind of like massively different from the normal swath of cards we have uh, for traditional full constructed. There's a couple of themes to no like I think that there are to notice and take to heart during deck building play and most especially in combat. Uh, can you want to kick us off with what I think is probably the number one theme to keep in mind? Oh yeah, so weapons. <laughs> Weapons have definitely changed um, for this format. There's no grenade launcher. There's no fusion bore, energon axe. Your scoundrels are nobles blaster. But what I think is the most important weapon that you're going to see in almost every single deck, no matter blue, orange, or pierce based, is soldier's blaster. 
just because you can pick it up and you also get a bonus against the opposing faction. Um, Soldier's Blaster is really important. Of course, we're going to see Flamethrower, Erratic Lightning. EM24 IR Laser Launcher. The yeah, one yeah. That, that one, even though it's a blank pip, it gives you such a boost that it's probably worth it in some decks. Also, uh, one of my favorite cards is Drill Arms. Doesn't get a lot of play, but I really like that for popping force fields, reinforced plating, even the Medic's Protective Field could see some play in this format. So... Don't forget the secret mode on Drill Arms, which is plus one attack draw a card. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, that's why I like it is it's so flexible. Just just remember that it doesn't work into Gears. Gears shuts it off. And then Gears shuts it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously though, weapons are at a premium in Junkion. I think Erratic Lightning is a card that I've looked to play quite a bit of, especially when some of my characters like have base one defense anyway. You know, what's what's zero to one, right? Like, you're going to take the basically the full attack. Um, I, I think that Erratic Lightning being a, a plus three that stays around means it's really worth consideration. EM24 IR Laser Launcher, which will please somebody come up with a better like nickname for that card because it's such a nightmare to say the whole thing out. <laughs> just, say laser, just say Laser Launcher. Laser Launcher, yeah. It's so much funner. <laughs> sure. Uh, Lele, uh, we're going to call it. <laughs> Lay- Layla. We'll call it Layla. Layla. Because... <laughs> that works, that works. Uh, I play Layla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I play Layla, head on collision, swing for 11. Good lord, that's a lot. Wait, who's Layla? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, that, uh, man, you'll play basically anything. I mean, Kai mentioned earlier Energon Slingshot. Like, all jokes aside, I've played Energon Slingshot in this format and been successful with it. Like you, the plus one that you get from some of these weapons is way more relevant here with the fact that uh, while blue has more more tools relative, you need to think that there's just like fewer, it's harder to build on color decks. That's actually the, the second theme I wanted to hit too, funny enough. So full color decks are just harder to build. There's only one blue blue card and only one orange orange card in the format because there's also no star cards available. So you just have handheld blaster and improvised shield and I think we all know how terrible those cards are on their face. But um, slipping them in combat, you know, they're just so good, so effective there that it's absolutely worth playing them. But the fact that they don't, like, the blue decks don't have access to security checkpoint and handheld blaster means their defense numbers are going to look less like seven and more like four. You know? Um, there are going to be, you know, instances where they, they get foot well and high above that, particularly with uh, stacking lots of tough on certain characters. But those are things you needed to keep uh, account of. So the plus one that you get from some of these weapons that are maybe dinkier or less impressive is going to be really important. You know, playing copies of or maybe one copy of Sharpened Talons might not be the worst thing in the world. It really might. Like, um, I haven't played many Sharpened Talons. I know if, if, if anyone wants an expert on Sharpened Talons, go ask uh, Jimty. That man loves him some sharpened talents, especially in Primus. But um, uh, seriously, like it's just harder to build those monocolor decks. Like you're gonna see blue decks that are dotted with orange pips, like Bashing Shield and Enforcement Batons, partially because those are just the most efficient pieces of removal. But you're also gonna see orange decks that uh, that play some of like the blue cards, like that will play things like. Oh, I'm blanking off the top of my head, but they might play some handheld blasters, for example, just for the added uh, potential flips on defense, and because they can probably make use of the actual bolt. 
you might see a brass knuckles or two in an orange deck just because it's a utility and thus can't get hit by things like disassemble which is a card to remember in the format um remember that also what that means is that the numbers on bold and tough are not going to be as guaranteed to add to the stat as you're used to so tough two over the course of a game is probably going to be plus two most of the time but it's going to be plus one a lot more often than you're used to from like some of the full constructed archetypes that you've seen so that's just something to keep in mind when you're planning your attacks yeah but uh there's also another color in that triangle and that is the black pip and of course uh Kami crash is the most notable of the black pip <laughs> cards because it oh, is the only yeah. card that can do two damage indirectly uh to any bot you want it's a uh, three of. Yeah, three of in any deck. Any yeah, deck. It, it starts with three Camion Crash. Before you know characters are on your lineup, three Camion Crash. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's yep. going to be everywhere. And it's rightfully so. It's it's the only card that can hit two damage off direct damage as well. And yeah, it's just a solid black card in, in general. But there's also other black cards like Precision Fire for Orange Black, as well as the only being the only AoE. Um, area of effect uh direct damage and there's also scouting mission which is incredible for its uh utility and modularity uh there's also disassemble which richard mentioned before as well as wedge formation uh which is always incredible in my opinion anyways yeah um, there's also some other ones i didn't remember think there's things like unflinching courage as well for like um mm -hmm. the rescue patrol that i was mentioning earl earlier but also just like just bold two is just is uh, basically the number you want to hit if you're trying to hit play like an orange or a black deck. So yeah, if you want bold two out of, I mean, you get five for position two, right? Like five position is a five totally reasonable. Well. That was the one I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, a totally reasonable combat like pump, right? And it's also a black pip, you know. So if you're looking to, you know, I'm sure that orange black deck you were talking about earlier, Kai had three five for positions in it and three precision fires in it. I'm confident. I'm worried that it also had combat dagger in it, so please tell me it did Easy. Oh, man. <laughs> you never God, play that card because it's bold one. You play that card because it's orange black. <laughs> yep. It's orange black that's a weapon. You have, to, you have to live with that. Man, I'm not sure I'll ever be able to play combat dagger. <laughs> I don't think you will. I, 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 like, there are certain things. Every person has, you know, ability given unto them, and to, mine just doesn't include putting combat dagger in my decks. Now, I have played Smoke Cloak in constructed decks, and um, <laughs> it's totally reasonable, totally fine, very good card, because there are just not very many blue-black cards, so the, the pickings are slim. But combat dagger is just so bad. It's just so bad. It's so good as an orange-black. <laughs> 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 it's, it's, it's really just okay. It does it's, it's more necessity. It's more like the fact that you have to play things like that, terrifying resilience, because there's just no orange blacks otherwise, which is perfectly fine problem to have, in all honesty. Yeah, I mean, you'll play it on things like uh, like Nova Nova Storm, because it gives her Pierce three as well, so it's mm -hmm. secretly better than Grav Inhibitor, right? Although mm -hmm. Grav Inhibitor is Pierce six, that's pretty dope actually. Yeah, but, but she's only five attack, so yeah, just up an orange black. <laughs> easy, 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 easy game. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> Oh man, uh, Kent, what else uh, is there that we really need to like, keep an eye out for? Well, if you know me, you know I love to draw cards, and there's <laughs> plenty of draw in this format. So one of my favorites, as I mentioned, is Mission Briefing. Um, you've got your Pep Talk for Blue and Scouting Mission, another card I just love, love, love. 
Not only that, but you've got cards like Datapad and Security Console, which I love those cards because it's continuous draw. Like every time you, you know, attack with Datapad, you're going to get to draw something or defend with the Security Console. Um, Fuel Communicator is another way to like get another card off the top. Um, if you have specialists on your team and just put that card directly into play, love that card, obviously. Then you've got, of course, all the uh, COG combo uh, cards, (laughs) drill arms, scrapper gauntlets, and crushing size um, that also give you some innate pump to your stats and also allow you to draw a card if you're not uh, removing one of your opponent's upgrades. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I love including just some small number of the Drill Arm Scrapper Gauntless Crushing Shides cards. Uh, you'd be surprised how many utilities there are that you want to like actually KO. Uh, spare parts, you want to hit the bold two or tough two ones from wave five. Uh, I think Minor Medic Kit is uh, legal in the format, if I'm not mistaken, yes, too. It is. It's and also incredibly prevalent. <laughs> plus two health is a lot. Like, you, you think plus two health isn't a lot, but then you think about how relevant Enhanced Power Cell has been in so many games, and you're like, two is just not that much less than three. It just really isn't. Um, especially for some of the characters who just have, like, that middling level of health, like, in the 12-13 range. Like, once you bump it to 14-15, the characters start to look a lot more resilient. Um, just generally speaking, for how much what the average damage output's going to be. But, man, I mean, I think, let's see. I I think that while those cards are some of my favorites to include, I think they're less automatic. They're more like flex slot includes for me. Um, I'm much more about the mission briefings that have talks in the world. But uh, my actions are kind of constrained, and one of the things I want to talk about is the fact that what combat pumps look like. So your people who have played uh, regular constructed and played a lot of combat pumps, I think one of the most iconic ones is probably Reckless Charge. That card's not legal in this, right? Um, and one of the things that we didn't mention specifically in the weapons up top was that the plus four weapons aren't legal in this. You have no Master Sword, you have no Grenade Launcher, you have no Paralyzo Box. And I know Paralyzo Box is normally a plus zero weapon, but when it is a plus four weapon, it's very good. Um, so combat pumps actually look pretty good in this format. Like you don't lose a lot of power on that front, right? We mentioned fight for position earlier. Uh, I think one of the other ones that you get, need to look at is supercharge. Just supercharge is totally legal in this format. And while it's harder to make that bold three look like a plus four or five, it is still pretty easy to make it look like a plus three. Uh, speaking of plus threes, you also have head on collision. And I think I mentioned Sandstorm earlier. There are several characters who want to be attacking in uh, in alt mode or find attacking in alt mode, right? Ion Storm, while he doesn't get to return and upgrade in this mode, is still a seven base attacker in his alt mode and will happily wear a head-on collision. That's just two examples, right? Um, on top of that, you also have lock-on target for bold four if you're willing to play a blank or situational blue in your deck. Um, with, with, with uh, what do you call it? With airstrike patrol legal, um, lock-on target is absolute insanity. But without them, without like uh, you know tailwind, that card is still just bold four. Like <laughs> that's no joke. Um, and then I think the the most impactful one from wave five, as far as combat pips go, combat pumps goes, is blade flurry. Um, we talked about with how how important it was to have weapons that either stayed around or gave some kind of additional bonus to your character. Um, and even just getting the extra plus two out of blade flurry for having something 
dinky on your character like an inner John slingshot, which I think I've railed on twice now in this episode, maybe three times. Probably but, more. Probably more, but <laughs> at least at least three times. Um, Blade Flurry is just insane. Like it being the only plus four in the actual format, only guaranteed, I guess, plus four in the format is something that you really, really need to keep an eye on. But you can only play so many blanks, so it is it is creating some tension in your deck before your combat flips are really starting to hurt. Um, I actually have a question for you guys on on I don't know how much how much you play with this card specifically, but what do you think of the card designated target as quote unquote a combat pump? Orange black is a problem. Orange black is a problem. Well, I mean, I, yeah. Like, like honestly, if they wanted to ban a battle card, like that one might be a good one to do. Um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how the tournament plays out first. I mean. But it, it just seems like, oh, no, oh, no. Like, they can just erase one of your characters, especially if they're playing, like, a Burgos Bold-type deck. And, you know, they're super, super wide. Maybe they're playing Ready for Action um, as well to get extra untaps. Yeah. And then here, here comes the wheel turn. Designated target. All right, your best guy, deleted. Yeah, it's designated target is is easily one of the best double blacks in the format, especially for the orange black decks. I think it's worth playing outside of the orange black decks in some some sense, like in some number, right? Just like the idea that maybe you're gonna play against like Dreadwing, which naturally becomes less wide than you as a team, and will mm -hmm. likely you'll likely get to you'll likely get to swing multiple guys into. I think if designated target earns you guaranteed four damage, the card is worth playing, right? And so anytime, anytime you can kind of like look at a situation where you are likely to or you might be able to attack it with multiple characters in one combat, then Desert Target's a card you should absolutely put in your, it may be not your main deck, but maybe you can include it in your sideboard as part of your like tech to out blue the blue, maybe. Just an idea. Sure. A couple other like combat pumps that might be good. Uh, calculated Strike. That's mm. not bad. Mm -hmm. um, and of course... One of my favorite blue pumps, Leap into Battle. The staple. The combat yeah. staple. <laughs> yeah. How did I not mention that already? My goodness. I, I apologize. That. Everybody listening at home, I can't believe I haven't mentioned Leap into Battle before right now. I, I greatly apologize. Play it. Play in your deck. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Leap into Battle and uh, Leap into Battle is one of those cards that orange decks, you'll see orange decks splash for. I knew I was thinking of a card earlier specifically that wasn't Handout Blaster. It was Leap into Battle. My goodness. Oh, maybe I should have had coffee before this podcast. <laughs> Slipping in your old age. I mean, I, I feel like I've aged a million years during this quarantine. <laughs> so, true. That. <laughs> true, true, true. We got one more for them as far as like the themes go. So what are we wrapping it up with? It's the last one, but it's a good one. Secret actions are still good and probably better than constructed because of the fact that there's no counter espionage. So mm -hmm. we're going back to wave four and they are uninteractable again. So just how Richard Garfield intended. Just exa exactly. <laughs> I didn't even think he was involved in this game at all. So apologies to the actual design team. Um, thank you guys seriously for everything you do, you, you've done for us. But man, interacting with secret actions is just busted. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it, it's kind of necessary, but yeah, it's it is kind of nice to go back to that wave four where they can't do anything about your hiding fort. Uh, thankfully, there's no sabotage armament, so there's no that much field bed. But mm -hmm. hidden fortification is still pretty strong. There's also hold the line, 
and Holdown also is also a pretty good contention because Tough Four um, is pretty pretty good if if I say so myself. I mean, and also of course. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. There's also stable cover as well for the my uh, favorite. Counter. Yeah, for mm. the counter for uh, the orange blacks if you draw, if you draw, of course. But uh, nice designated target, sir. <laughs> exactly. Get countered. <laughs> I also get a defense. I love stable cover. Stable cover is one of those cards that like solid. when 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 I started playing, I didn't. I used to put like maybe a stable cover or two on my sideboard, and then as people started to play more and more pierced because. Um, you know, I played really defensive blue decks in case that wasn't obvious to anybody who's listened to more than one episode of this podcast. Uh, shout out to extra padding. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but stable cover eventually just became an auto three of in any of my decks that were blue. It was just auto three stable cover. Um, I haven't played as much of it in this format. You know, you, you can only play so many non-blue pips in your blue decks, but, uh, you still have to play it in some number because like... Just some of those turns. Oh my gosh. It'll just be like bold five. I'm just waiting for like all the orange and blacks would just be like eight, pierce eight, and you'll just die out of nowhere. The character will just get completely KO'd. But if you have stable cover, but then stable cover though. You just take like five. Seems good. Yeah, it, it feels like uh, between stable cover and designated target, it's going to be an arms race quite a bit. <laughs> Thank God neither of them have green on them. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> they also, neither of them affects combat outside of that, right? They're both black pips. So it's not orange-black, it's not blue-black, it's not these problematic, like, you know, multi-main color cards, right? The main color cards are super innocuous. We've got the combat daggers of the world, which will never make it into my decks. And we've also got the scouting missions of the world, which will make it into all of my decks. Easy. Easy, easy. Oh, man. Okay, so... <clears throat> pardon my cough into the microphone. I'm sure that was lovely for the viewers at home. With all the things we've covered so far today, what do you guys think are going to like rise to the top? What are going to be some of the archetypes that really show themselves to be the cream of the crop in the September Alpha Trion tourney? Um, I do think that Orange Bold has some legs. Um, you know, like what we were saying, Barrage, Sparkstalker, Impactor, Sandstorm, you know, uh, characters that can really take advantage of it and, and get huge and, you know, possibly even crankcase, just giant numbers. Uh, but then you've got Blue with whole bunch of <laughs> defense and secret actions to help keep them alive with hold down hold the line and uh heidi ford of course um don't forget reinforced plating <laughs> that'll be there force fields but i think what's gonna end up uh doing the best is a multicolored uh pierce stack i just feel like that can get some heavy numbers with not only pierce but raw attack also, they do have, you they know, hit and run too. Hit and run just being a white black pip is just fantastic. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, pumping up brawn because you're playing multicolor. So you're probably playing lock on target and supercharged, flamethrower, fight for position. And you're just like, let's just pierce you down. And I think it's going to be really, really difficult to compete with that when they're like, ready for action and they just keep untapping and hey guess what here's designated target and you're done so the only, the only tap is um uh what's it called ready for action ready for action and private tote don't forget that guy oh yeah tote does untap 
Oh, six hundred wow. logo. <laughs> so it's new orders, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, still, if you're, I, I don't know. The problem is that you're, he doesn't get the rest of the, um, the off-road patrol. The because powertrain doesn't have the Lord action out there. But I guess you could play him in tandem as one of the other patrols. That doesn't sound that bad. Doesn't sound too bad. No, I think I think rescue patrol aggro is going to be probably something to keep an eye out for. Yeah. Or some patrol aggro. I think Rescue Patrol, because of the white-white, it's pretty easy to crit a crit in the format. Um, and so, like, you can just do some pretty gross numbers on some pretty small dudes, and you still just have quite a few stars left to go alongside them. This is, that's, that's something that I think is probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, if, if I wasn't tired of playing Orange-Black, that would have been, I would have been play, playing Rescue Patrol and Nova Storm, and I would have been having a field day, because... I have that ratio down to a lock, but it'll be interesting to see if other people have that found figured out that ratio or not. I uh, I love I love the the humble brag here from Kai. I have the <laughs> tournament on lock, but I'm not going to win it because I want to play something. Fun. I, I want to relieve <laughs> some of my sanity and play some blue in a format that where blue looks pretty good for once. <laughs> I will say this is kind of telling about. Pierce in the Transformers Wave 5 and now Junkion formats, it might be a little strong and we might need a, some real answers <laughs> besides like, hope I draw my stable cover. Oh, <laughs> I haven't drawn it in five games, even though I have three main deck. So for the groups that are creating cards, we might need some real answers to Pierce. Please, we hear you, please, we God, hear you. please. We hear you. I will say this. If you were good, you would just draw that stable cover, though. Oh, that's right. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, Kai, it, it, you, what would you expect? I know I stole your answer probably with the Rescue Patrol aggro. But no, I think the Rescue Patrol is it, It's really, I've only heard like one or two people on about it. And... I don't know if anyone will figure it out, but uh, honestly, for me, I think Rescue Patrol would have been my choice if I wanted to didn't want to save my sanity. But you know, uh, I think Blue is going to be incredibly popular because of the reasons that I listed for why I'm playing Blue uh, mm -hmm. in this tournament. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think things like Crankcase and Trusted uh, Lieutenant Bumblebee, whatever his name is, Epithet, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I also those those types of uh, blue decks, I think, will be pretty popular. So, um, if someone figured out the uh, orange black code, well, well, I hope there are people who are ready for it because, uh, yeah, it's, I do have, fun. I do have one. If if somebody, if anybody out there is listening, and you registered Raider Chop Shop for this event, if you win this event, I will Venmo you ten dollars. There you go. Ooh. Because you won't hear it because it'll be sent because your deck list will be sent in before then. But there you yeah. go. <laughs> no, but this this is a promise. You know, I'm scouts honor. I wasn't actually. I only did one year of scouts. And I quit. My my parents would let me go camping. But that's not the point. The point that I'm trying to make here is that I love Raider Chop Shop, and if you win that tournament with him, you are absolutely deserving of every ten of those dollars. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty cool. I love Raider Chop Shop as well. Oh man. Okay. Well, I think that we'll uh, we'll take it out after that. Honestly, for us, that's a pretty quick episode. <laughs> um, uh, 
that will bring us to the close of episode 26 of the Transformer Game Podcast. We'd like to give a super massive set of shout outs to you, the listeners out there in the ether, wherever you are, for giving us the purpose to come in, record, and cover all these wonderful tidbits surrounding the Transformers TCG. All our teammates at Transform Your Game greatly appreciate your time and attentiveness here today. You can find our other episodes and more down the line on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. There will certainly be some links for you guys in the description to help you out and find us. Um, and if you found the input information here valuable, you can find more strategy, analysis, tournament reports, and more like it at TransformYourGame.net. We look forward to being back to speak to all y'all two weeks from now, but until that time, clear eyes, flip bots, can't lose. <laughs>